There's a story inside every smoke shop. With every cigar and with every person. Come be a part of the cigar lifestyle of Povida. This is Box Press. Welcome to another episode of Box Press. I am your host, Rob Gagne. I am sitting next to no, no one other than Robert Caldwell. He cannot be confused with anyone else. He's probably one of the taller people in the industry. Definitely has a style and a swagger to him. And I appreciate him because he makes really great cigars with Henderson Ventura at uh, William Ventura Cigar Company. You're kind of a world traveler. Yeah. So give me your top three places to travel. To visit or to live? Let's go visit first. We're just gonna travel. We live in America. Let's go visit. Istanbul, Turkey. That's number one or three? Number one visit. That's number one. For visit. Istanbul, Turkey. Why? Uh, there's like 20 million people spread over like rolling hills and then you have a culture that's thousands and thousands of years old. And then it's the, the where Europe and Asia connect is right there. So part of Turkey's in Asia, part of Turkey's in Europe. That's then, interesting, kind yeah. of like a melting pot of culture. And it's like a very European, but yet like Middle Eastern culture, which is similar to Morocco okay. and Lebanon, or similar kind of vibe, but amazing food, great music, great people, beautiful, like everything's gorgeous. Wow. Yeah, but I could never live there. Couldn't live there, okay. No. Second place to visit. Santa Marta, Colombia. There's a park there called Parque Tayrona that's like on, I think, the eastern side of the coast, and it's like a rainforest. It looks like you're in Thailand or something. Just absolutely stunning nature. Wow. Just unfucking believable. Thailand in Colombia. Yeah. Amazing. That's number two. Good Num food, too. Wait, no. That's number three. Number two is Sagres, Portugal, which is where, when they thought the earth was flat, that's where they thought it fell into the. Like, that's where they thought it fell over. Sagres, it's like 100 foot tall cliffs. 100-foot-tall waves or 80-foot-tall waves, really violent sea. And then the whole area there is like a very otherworldly ecosystem. And you can't see land off the coast. No, so you can't they see think, land. They think, oh, yeah. And it's violent. Like you hear boom, boom of the waves. It's just weird. It's special. Those are the places to visit. Traveling 101 with Robert Caldwell. You heard it here first. One, two, and three. All right, now we're gonna uproot ourselves because we live in this world where we can work from home. Where am I going to live? Number three, number three. Oof, that's, you know, that's a much harder. Well, you're the one who said it. So, okay, give me your number one then. What, you, you said live or travel. Number you have to have one, some idea of somewhere else you'd wanna so live. So it depends if you're working or not working. Okay, I'm working. I gotta work from Madrid, home. Madrid, Spain. Madrid, Spain. Absolutely, I've been there. Now, work from home also, Florence, Italy. Really? Yeah. Isn't it more expensive in Italy than no. it is in Spain? No. Really? It, de it depends where you go, but no. Okay. They're very similar price. So both of those, Madrid or Florence, Italy, great places to work. From home. Home. What about you're not working, you're independently wealthy, you just sold Robert Caldwell uh, a cigar brand and you're gone. You're done. I'm out. Cashing in. I'm living somewhere else. Number one spot. Where will we find Robert? 
somewhere in the coast of Chile where it's cold, like Patagonia area, and I ride a fucking horse. Like gaucho Why? style, like have a knife and shit. Why cold? You are living in Miami. You said Minnesota was too cold. Minnesota's too cold. Minnesota's too cold, but then you're, you're doing the opposite end of the equator, but still going too far south to the point where you hit the other polar plex and you're going, you're going cold. No offense, but Minnesota's not Chile. Really? Like I would never live in Minnesota. Why? It's too cold. But Chile is, is... It's not as cold. It's not as cold. Okay, what are we talking? What's average, like, gets down to the zero? Depends where you are. I mean, it gets real cold. Up in the Andes, like, super negatives. But by the beach, not so bad. So you could be, like, very far south, have, like, kind of maybe, like, a coastal New York type of cold that's, like, fucked up for a little while, Chilean, but not that bad. Windy yeah. and... Good food. Good food? Pretty yeah. nature. Yeah. Are you a, a hiker, rock climber, adventure? Hiker, not rock climber. I buttoned my shirt to look professional. That's not the Robert Caldwell way. I know. I mean, come on. Here we go. Like, what What gives? I've never I felt seen, like it was too low. I thought you removed the buttons at least halfway up. No, but they button weirdly, like up there. For you? Yeah, well, all my shirts, all my dress shirts are tailored. Really? F try to find shirts that fit me. Yeah, I know. You're about so the have, same size uh, torso as me, and you're like about 16 long. inches longer. So I have a, a very good friend in Turkey that owns a tailoring company. Mm. So then he makes my shirts, but then they make them so that they wear openly well. Custom. Well, he's always like, you know, try it on. I'm like, I don't wear it like that. So then I open it up. But then when you actually close them, like they're a little weird in the chest area. They're not yeah. made to be closed. They're made to be like that. <laughs> Miami Vice style. Love it. So you, do you think you'll live in Miami for the rest of your life? Absolutely you not. Really? You I hate know. this fucking city. Really? I hate it. Why? Why are you here then? Why are we in Miami? I'm born and raised here. I've lived here my whole life. Um, I like my house. I like I have privacy and stuff. I work here. The airport's convenient. Yep. It's a convenient city to live in, but it was the coolest city in the world until like 10 years ago. It's the what people. You, what did you call it? Shiny. Shiny shit syndrome. Yeah. Shiny. Yeah. Shit syndrome, which is defined. People Urban come dictionary. here. People come here from other places. They see all the shiny shit and then they want okay. that. Like this and that. And but there's no economy here. So, like, Miami's the most unaffordable city in the country because nobody makes shit, and it's so expensive to but live It's here. all imported, so there's economy there. It's all importation of product from, basically... That's more like Port Everglades, Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Miami, the port, you have a lot of stuff coming in, yes, but a lot of it's... Port Everglades Cruises, is much... Yeah. people. So, Miami's, like, real estate, tourism and tax law. And the crazy thing is you have, there's nothing you can rent in the county for under like 1300 a month. And you're talking like a 250 square foot efficiency, piece of shit, no kitchen, 250, or uh, 12, 1250 a month. So wow. it's incredibly expensive. And then you're driving an hour and a half to get to Miami city. So it's just real weird, man. It's real weird. So just a lot of shiny 
uh, objects to distract you, but it's real no value. Yeah, and there's no way to get there. Like, there's no ladder to climb in Miami. Like, and so always we've had a brain drain where intelligent people in art, finance, or law have always left to California or New York. Really? Always. Like, I thought this was New York's playground. Like, you come down from New York, get away from the city. For the life. weekend, and then you go back up. To make your money. Yeah. So it's always been that. It's never it's been the guy. Cabin. Yeah. It's never been the guy that makes money here. So then with COVID, what's changed is that you've had a lot of businesses come in that then bring, not find locally, but bring people with them to work for them. Sure. Because nobody in Miami will hire anybody that's from, like if you come from New York, you're not hiring local. You're importing your workforce really? from New York. Why? Education. People are not educated here. Well, that that is kind of a direct uh response to the taxation problem mm -hmm. you know, taxes tax pay for favorable climate education. well that and then again it's like people are distracted by like the ambition in miami is just to make it but not to climb the ladder to get to the top i just want to be on top so then it's like the shortcut city where everybody's like dude i got this deal for you but you know what i think is interesting about that there is a retailer named Terry, and I don't know his last name, but he wrote a book called The Border or something like that. He was a border patrol agent in the 80s in Arizona. And, you know, you're, they didn't have cameras back then, so you had to do, like, personal stakeouts. He has all these different stories in the book, and it's absolutely amazing. Uh, one of those books that you just can't put down. Like it's good, I should say. And a retailer, a cigar retailer? He's a cigar retailer in Arizona. They call him, uh, like he's real grumpy. He came out with a cigar too. His own cigar for the shop, but he is very hard. Like you could just, you can hear it in his voice. You can see it that he's lived through some thick stuff. And the huh. stories in there, like, you know, you talk about like dogs protecting a spot. And they're like, injecting um, sleeping or tranquilizer into the meat and he's throwing meat in there the dog's finally getting affected and then he goes in wow and he's not there's no like search warrant right so he's like undercover going in basically behind enemy lines to try to figure out what's going on and who he needs to basically target he's got tons, That's cool. tons of cool stories in that book you would absolutely love it it's an easy read too. yeah what got you excited about cigars even in the first place i mean you smoked really young yeah so you like you know we're not going to say any ages but you were very young you were getting cigars but like at what point whether you're i mean were you smoking really good cigars back then or were you just kind of smoking eh? both but i think back then it was a weird time because, I mean, it was like <clears throat> the early 2000s. So you had, like, the boom that had been had busted, and there had been a ton of shit product, I think, during that boom. Right. But they were really good cigars from major brands back then. So now people complain about the big guys, you know, like I don't smoke X or Y brand because they're very big and they're... I'm not going to name anybody, but right. you know yeah, what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. But back then, you, there was good shit. I still think a lot of it is good. I would agree with you, but I think that those that don't try those products are never going to 
they're not ever going to be like, oh, I'm going to pick this up. Like, they got a new something. Yeah, they want uh, something that is either shinier or newer and more boutique. Exactly. So the people that don't trust big business are never going to trust big business. That's, you know? Yeah, okay. So. But isn't there some power there to getting really good quality stuff? Because you got a lot of buying power. You got a lot of access to quality tobacco. Yeah. But then the question is how much volume? I was just going to say, you got a smirk on your face. So where so are we going? You can get the best tobacco in the world, but what if you can only make 50,000 cigars? And what if you're a huge company? That does nothing for you. So sure, you okay. You either use it or you sell it. But, I mean, a lot of bigger companies are buying for quantity mm -hmm. or they're growing. And when you get something very, very special or, or a unique varietal or... Can you have quantity and quality at the same time? I think so. But you have to age the shit out of the tobacco, so then you have price. Okay. So to have, I think to have, like, quantity, quality, and consistency... Yeah. You got to gotta age it. Got to age it. Well, that would make sense. Yeah, but you got to age a long time. Which I recently smoked the Davidoff Oral Blanco $500 cigar, which was very unique. Have you smoked it? I have. It's unique, right? Yeah. Like you're never, I've never tasted anything like that. But I mean, what are they talking about? Like 2012 is when they were saying like tobacco and aging and it's been there that yep. long. So that would make sense. You know, kind of almost like really high-end wines. Mm -hmm. I don't drink, but I hear that high-end wines are like no longer fruit forward. It's more like mineral, earth, uh, leather, cocoa, or, you know, just these complex flavors. That's what I felt like was going on on my palate, like this complex flavor I've never tasted before. Like this, great cigar, but I've tasted this before in a cigar. Like I taste cigar. I don't know what I'm tasting. Is Like I'm not a good palate. Like I'm like, oh, I taste plum. Nah, just this is good balanced and i i hate that word sometimes because it's like so cliche to say oh it's balanced but it is like anything that starts to go yeah it's like whoa 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 my palate's like all over it's like chaos in a in a smoke shop it's just alarming no yeah. and i used to be a funeral director so chaos in general is not good like you want the family nice and calm and like nothing can be out of order it's got to just make it all very nice. Speak slowly. What other crazy jobs have you had? I've never had a job in my life. Ever. Well, when I was in Minneapolis, in college, I bartended for like six months. And then... How did you do that being in rehab? I didn't even like it. I tried to I do... had to pay the bills, man. I know, but I tried to do that. I tried to be a bar back in Fargo when I went to school. And I was like, I got to get out of here. This is The only boring. job I ever had, job, because I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, even before that. Like I used to, I had a car washing business in high school, shit like that. Um, the only job I ever had was when I left rehab. I went to bartend. Bartend. Like immediately. Because I had to pay tuition. My mom cut me off. She's like, I'm not helping you with anything. At so, some point, you have to do that to a drug addict. Yeah. I think that your, your ambition in life should to be have something that it doesn't feel like you're working that hard. You know what I mean? Right. Do you think that's, that, um, that either that spending or that kind of like uh, just basically buying stuff that leaves you empty at the end of the day? Kind of like drugs, right? 
drugs will leave you empty at the end of the day. Don't really fulfill anything um, other than a quick high or something. Do you think that's pretty common in American culture? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Do you feel like you're subject to that now never. or after you got clean? No, I've never been like a, like a pointless consumer. Really? Never. You never got like really obsessed with something and wanted to buy it? And a lot of it. For different reasons, but not obsessed. So I'll buy it. Like if I go to the grocery store and I got to buy one, get one free, I'll load the fucking cart. Like toothpaste, buy one, get one free. I'll buy, I'll buy 20 things of toothpaste to have inventory. Because my, my theory is toothpaste is three seventy nine. You buy one, you get one free. Now they're half price, so you doubled your money. So you got to work like real hard to double your money, but not if you buy right. So I buy a lot of stuff like that. But what about cash flow? If I buy 20 of those, I'm just... That's enough toothpaste to probably last me a lifetime. Doesn't it go bad? No. It'll last you a couple years. Let me go check your toothpaste. How long have you been brushing your teeth with Colgate from 1973? No, I use uh, Arm & Hammer. Me too. That's the shit. Because of the baking soda. Yeah. Makes your and the peroxide. Works. Yeah. Mm. It kind of does the scrubbing bubble thing. And then like with consumption, like I don't buy anything. I, I'm very rarely an impulse buyer. Unless there's a deal. If there's a deal, but that's, that's strategy. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm not a guy like, oh, that looks cool. I'm going to buy it. Like, I think real hard before I buy something. Really? And I'm super cheap. Well, yeah. Like, I'm incredibly fucking cheap. You like to pinch a penny? I don't like drive around looking for deals, but I mean, like, I'm like, do I really need this? And it's like 70 bucks. And I'm like, I don't fucking need that. And then my wife, like, she'll get a package. I'm like, what's in the box? She's like, oh, these pair of shoes. I'm like, where are they from? And then she Bro. buys, well, she buys from uh, some of these, like, companies that resell, like, gently Oh, used. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, secondhand. Like, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, I, I'm getting right. rid of my Louis Vuittons because my uh, husband bought them for me exactly. and we're divorcing. So, almost everything she buys. But she also buys that way, not because it's cheaper, but because it's more ecological. Like, she doesn't agree with, like. She's, she's wise with her dollar. Yeah, she's a more of a consumer than I am. But she's also very mindful of, like, just because you wore that purse doesn't mean I can. Because a lot of girls, like, want something new. She doesn't give a fuck if it's new or not. Right. She just, if she likes it, she likes yeah. it. Yeah, and, and she, she doesn't want to be, she doesn't want to be, like, the first line of waste, which is the right. person that buys it from the store. So she's very good That's about that. That's an interesting philosophy, the first line of waste. We're real weird with shit like that. Like, we don't use plastic at all. There's I love no, that. There's no trash my trash cans have no bags in them. What do you do? You just throw it in the bin? Wash it out, put it in the, um, in the trash bin. But the only thing that we throw away here, like I was saying earlier, all the organic stuff, even meat, I take it to the corner. There's a possum family that lives in the corner, so I'll go throw meat and sausage and shit to them. Because normally you wouldn't throw out that. Yeah. Meat, but they'll eat it. And then That'd everything else. Yeah, if it's, if it's bread or nuts, we put it out here for the birds and the squirrels. So the only thing that ends up in the trash is, well, trash is trash. So like cellophane and shit like that that doesn't recycle and then everything else is recycled bin. But we just clean it out and dump it. Nice. Yeah. Word to the wise. No more trash bags. Trash bags are overrated. So. So then like once a year, like you got to clean out the trash can. You got to put a little <coughs> bleach in there, spray it down with water. Right. Make sure it doesn't smell. And then like once a year, you just dump the old trash can, which is recyclable. And then you get a new trash can. But then sure. you're not wasting yeah, way more, 400 plastic bags. Way more better for the environment. 
Would you call yourself an environmentalist? Or do you just try to apply common sense? I hate plastic. Yeah. Everything else I'm kind of okay with. Like diesel truck, that's cool. Like plastic just fucks with me. And I think it's from growing up here like in a coastal environment. Where the trash can wash up on the shore. You go to Miami Beach, there's not more than two inches with trash. And it's what's crazy everywhere. is that they can actually dump that stuff mm -hmm. legally into the ocean. Well, and for years, and I think we still do, but we would, we would send our trash to Haiti. Like we used to send trash as a country, we would send it to China. But we used to send in Miami, they'd fill like big ships with shit and send it to Haiti. Aren't we nice? And then a ton of that shit would end up in the ocean. And then it just, but not just from Haiti. I mean, from all the islands. So right. a lot of the pollution in Miami is local, but a lot of it's just ocean currents carrying trash from the Caribbean up. Right. But I mean, it's fucked. So then the permanence of plastic made me have a problem with it, but mm -hmm. nothing else bothers me, I guess. That makes sense. How did you meet your wife? We met in a bar in Madrid. Ooh. Mm -hmm. We got the same, we met the day after her birthday. No wonder why you like Madrid. Yeah, we met the day after her birthday. And then she started talking to me and she said, what are you doing in Madrid? I said, I came for my birthday. And she's like, when's your birthday? I said, yesterday. And then hers was yesterday also. And that was that. You guys had the same birthday? Yeah. Are you the same age? No, she's 10 years younger. I wouldn't marry a woman my age. Crazy. Really? Come on. How old are you? 39. Yeah, that's not old. Mm -mm. I'm 36. How old's your wife? She's five years younger than me. You see? But I did, for a while, I dated somebody who was 15 years older than me. That was interesting. Yeah. Culture shock almost. Yeah. She was talking about stuff I didn't even know. But it was fun. You were a boy toy. I actually proposed to my wife in Spain at La Tomatia Festival. Have you ever been there? No, I've seen it though. Throw the tomatoes? Yeah. You should go. Where is it? It's right outside of Valencia. Okay. But Italy's got a tomato festival and it's the same thing. Just everyone really? goes in the street and throws tomatoes at each other. Madrid is a cool place. Barcelona's cool. Madrid's like Barcelona. way cooler. Why? Barcelona, you feel the tourism. Madrid, you don't. So you can go to Madrid, walk down the street, nobody fucks with you. Go <coughs> no, to Barcelona. I felt it in Madrid because we got an Airbnb, so we felt we were like right in the middle. Oh, you were like by Seoul, we the were like, train station? Yeah, we were kind of like right in the middle. And if I went to the east, there was like an art center and like a bunch of hotels and like food. The quality of food went down and the price went up. And then if I went to the left, which was to the west, like that was where all the tapas were. That's where all the locals went. So you went. stayed in Gran Via Maybe. area Maybe. for sure. And then to the left would be La Latina probably. Okay. It's a really cool neighborhood, like a lot of little bars and yeah. shit. Yeah. And you just walk down, this, down basically this road and there's just stuff yeah. all everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And, and the locals... Don't go out there until like late at night. Yeah, they eat at 11.30. Like we were like hungry at six and they're like still preparing the food. Yeah. We're like, do you have anything to eat? And they're like, what are you? Nine? nine? Yeah. We did a nine o'clock dinner and everyone was out. And then by 10 o'clock it was yeah. over. They eat fast. There's not a lot of lounging. Here? Yeah. It depends where you go. Okay. I went to the wrong spot. I like the experience. I like the ambiance. I mean, that's why we smoke cigars, right? We stop. We're like in your yard. That's like a tropical paradise. 
and I'm just relaxed. I'm hungry right now, but I'm relaxed. Like I could get up and, and go get something, but I don't want to. Like I just want to just chill. That's why I smoke cigars. There you go. Why do you smoke cigars? <sighs> I don't know. That's a great fucking question. I guess I just like them. Sometimes I smoke them because I have to. Like, I'll be at a cigar event. What? A, that's a job, dude. Yeah. Sometimes it's a job. You have have a job. You do have a so, job. Yeah. Sometimes, I, like, if you're sampling lots you're of blends. Well, it's not having a job. <laughs> okay. All right. Not, smoking lots of different blends is work sometimes. Well, especially, actually, that's work. And then, like, you know, you're visiting all these cigar shops and you have an event at night. And people are like, why aren't you smoking? It's like, I had 13 cigars today. So you always have to have one. Right. But then I got very good at slow smoking. So I'll like right. light something and then leave well, it. Well, and you should actually. Yeah. Because it tastes better. And like myself, I'm actually smoking somewhat quickly right now, but a Corona will take me like two hours, two and a half hours typically. Like that cigar will take me, it's a little smaller than a Corona. That'll make me an hour and 45 minutes typically, like if I'm enjoying. But then if I go to a cigar event, you feel like you need to puff and puff and puff right. and then I don't enjoy them. No. I had a hard time when I worked in tobacco retail smoking on the job because okay yeah there's a, a lull great time to light up great and then the something happens or rush happens and then you set the cigar down for too long and then it gets acrid you know it mm -hmm. gets that build up and then i just ruined the whole stick so i stopped smoking while i was working which is very like weird yeah it's weird to be in a smoke shop and not be yeah. smoking. But I do that in my office. Like, I used to go in, work a little while, light a cigar. But normally, I'll help, like, in the warehouse and do that type of stuff. And then in the afternoon, I'll do computer work. And then so now I don't smoke until, like, after lunch when I'm done helping in the, in the warehouse. Then I'll go sit down with my computer and then I'll light a cigar. Right. Because you know you can commit. Yeah. But I used to come in and light one right away. Like, come, not right away, but. Right. You or know. drive in with one. No, I don't smoke in my car. Why? I think you I might got be married. The... Oh. <laughs> Same thing happened to me. I was smoking in my car all the time. Got married. She kind of put up with it. She didn't like it. She put up with it. And then we had a baby. And she's like, you can't smoke in there. And I don't want my daughter to have that smell in there. So, you know, you got to like chlorine bomb the car, get the smell out, vacuum it. That's the key. Like most people think like the smell is in the fabric, which it is, which is why you would chlorine bomb it. But the actual smell is coming from like the ash. You got to vacuum all that stuff out. Otherwise you'll never get the smell out. You can chlorine bomb this, but it's still going to smell like ash. Yeah. So that's my two cents. If you're trying to clean your car, get the smoke out, get a $30 chlorine bomb. You'll be good. What's next for Robert Caldwell? Where do you want to be in five years? That's a really typical question. Not living in Miami. All right. Five, in five years? Less. I, I asked you if you were going to flip this house. And you I'm said not going to no. flip it. I'll rent it. Oh. Yeah. High-end rental? Yeah. The thing is... How much are you going to charge it? A lot of money. <laughs> I'm not going to say that because nobody will buy my cigars. So I wouldn't want to sell it. Because I love the house. Because you want to come back. Yeah, but to like I'll cool leave area. for a while. I want to save some of this content for playing pig with you. 
Because you have an indoor basketball half court. Half court. And it's awesome. And you say you're really good. I never said I was good. Yeah, you did. You told you bragged to me. I'll beat you at pig though. You bragged to me that you could do the far door all the way in the corner. Oh, I could. And you can sink a shot. Yes. Which I think is after looking at it, that's good. I can probably do that. Probably. It might take me a couple tries. All right. Well, we'll we'll let you warm up. You got boat shoes on. We'll let you warm up with the boat shoes. We're not playing basketball. I don't want to play basketball. I can't even shoot well. But shooting is kind of fun and therapeutic, though. Mm-hmm. It's kind of. Do you get ideas like what? What's your like when you're jamming on an idea? Like what do you do? Where do you go? What do you? What are you like? I gotta go think about this. Yard work. Yard work. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that. You just like. Yeah. You'll go out and kind of trim the trees and the palms. Yeah. If it's during the week, up. I listen to music and I do yard work. What kind I, of music are you listening to? What's the Robert Caldwell playlist? There's a DJ called Ash. Ash? He's fucking amazing. DJ called Ash? Yeah. That's like the epitome of what I listen to. But it's like a hybridization of like house music and Middle Eastern music. It's amazing. He's amazing. He's the best guy in the world. Ash and Nico? No, A-S-H. A-S-H. Let me see. Ooh, artist? Yeah, that's fucking amazing. That guy? He plays every instrument himself and mixes. What's your favorite music. song? You got a favorite song there? I there? mean, they're all good, but this shit's like all of them are good. This shit's fucking amazing. That guy's so good. It's very good. He's got like a little Middle Eastern thing, but then it's electronic. Kid's like 22. He's from Canada. got a lot of followers almost a million mm-hmm. it's over 800,000 but he didn't monthly listeners yeah Holy no that kid's fucking amazing he's like the number one artist in the like Middle Eastern music his first EP is out now he doesn't even have an EP out or album out just music he makes music let it go he's very good that's like making a cigar without a brand like or like a commitment to stay there i.e. insert lost and found that works isn't that neat did you know that you did that lost and found was meant to be like like a one-time thing why the cigars were bought by tony bellato for his store as bundles and then they didn't know how to sell them so then Jacqueline that was working with him at the time came up with the idea of like just coming up with like kitschy stupid branding yeah and like we, have fun yeah we just sold them to his store and then people found out they had them and then they took off and then it became a thing but it was never intended to be a real organic takeoff yeah so then after it takes off what do you do you're like oh wait a minute we should do something more here? Yeah, and then we did like another one and then that one did well and then we did we would like sporadically do them, but it was never organized. Mm-hmm. Until actually two years ago, we started organizing it. Because until then, it was kind of like, I always thought it was a fluke. Like I never thought, every time we'd bring something in and we'd sell it, I was surprised that it sold. Really? Why? Quality? No, just because like, I'm like, I don't see the branding appealing to everybody. 
So I thought it was like a really niche market. Right. Which it kind of is, but it's really not. Because, I mean, we sell a lot of cigars. But in the beginning, I'm like, people aren't going to get this. They're like, which was a fair argument. And then, like, two years ago, we started organizing and started, like, amping it up. And we still can't get Like, we just did a project with uh, Boulevard. It's a lot of cigars. And they sold them all in, like, two weeks. So you did something with them? Yeah. And it sold, that like... That just didn't sell underneath the Boulevard brand? It was Boulevard, Lost and Found Edition. Okay, so you're... I thought the Lost and Found was to say... These cigars are lost. They're in the back of the blah 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 aging room. Nobody. It was a thing that the whoever first commissioned it didn't want it. So kind of like your wife. I don't want to be the first uh, consumer of it. They let it go, and then it goes to you because you're like, hey, well, what is this? And you smoke it, and you're like, oh, it's good. So that's what it <coughs> is, and that's what it was. But then now we started pivoting towards manufacturing using really aged or rare tobaccos. So the deal with them, like you said, these big companies have all this tobacco, but it's not enough for them to do something with. Okay, so it's not gonna get their 50 million no. cigars. So then we plugged in with them, million. and then we said, okay, let's do a project, blend the cigar together, but using really old, lost tobacco, which is isn't that necessarily the antique lost. Line? No, that's the Boulevard. Cofradia, I think it's called. But your antique line is super old. Yeah, but those are those are lost and then found. Okay, so yeah. those aren't. Um, I I'm gonna make these with no. aged tobacco, or really aged. This is like this has been sitting there for a long yeah. time. How long? Like, what's the longest? Ninety-eight antique line. Wow. Yeah, those haven't come out yet, though. I think the oldest we've done so far is two thousand four. Okay. But we have some nineteen ninety-eight vintage stuff too. You're the one guy in the industry that I know has black... Oh, we have to find the black licorice stash. Is there one here? I got some in my kitchen. Okay, we got a... That, Matt, we need to catch that because you're... I actually did a cigar and candy pairing episode on Unbox Live, and you sent me... It worked, right? It does work. But you were very picky about... Like, I got on Amazon, and I was like, hey, Robert, these are the ones I can get. And you're like, ah, those are all sugar. Like, yeah. you get real into it, like, you want the licorice licorice. Pure licorice extract, and nothing right. else. Right. Because if it's sugar, it's shit. It's candy. And then a lot of times they put anise. Yeah, that's Or clove different. or mint. Yeah. Well, then it fucks up the flavor instead of enhancing it. Okay. Or the cigar. Yeah. And will you do this with any cigar and just, like... Put the candy in your mouth and then smoke and go, oh, that's good, or, whoa, that's not good. Don't no, it that. works with any cigar, but it's better with lighter cigars, like mild to medium-bodied cigars. That's the secret. Yeah. Lighter. Fuller-bodied cigars is not the same effect. You think it's because it's, like, competing strength? So the licorice effectively amplifies the natural flavors that you're tasting. But works again on a mild to medium bodied cigar the fuller bodied cigars i think they're already full flavor enough that it doesn't have the same enhancement right, like effect. too much full yeah and it doesn't make it that much fuller it just doesn't have much of an effect got it now you know where could somebody go and get this type of licorice it's like hard candy italy. it's not soft but like online i have no idea so you actually go to italy to get it or you well, know I go to, when i'm in italy i buy it you don't own a factory. You don't own any land to grow tobacco. 
and you've worked with more than one producer, right? Mm -hmm. And every producer seems to have a, well, we do it different, right? Do you get that? Yeah. Do they tell you that? Well, we do it different. No, we do it better. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. What, what they're saying is we do it differently than the other guy who doesn't do it right. Yeah. How much of that is actually true? Okay, so they think they do it better, but they do it differently. And then everybody kind of does the same shit. What's one thing that people do not know about cigar making that if they knew, they'd be like, wow, and no one's ever said it before? There, so after you make a cigar, it goes into the aging room. And the aging rooms have not necessarily a ton of moisture. It depends. Sometimes they're higher. Sometimes they're lower. But... It's high enough where you could have mold issues. So you have to mitigate the mold. So you have to treat the wood that the cigars sit on in the shelves. So what do you have to treat it with? Chemicals? Something acidic. Okay. So then that's open to interpretation. What do you treat the wood with that's acidic that then could somehow lend flavor to the cigars? Lemons? Limes? Wine. Wine! Which is another one that everybody thinks this is like a fucking secret. But a lot of guys, they do dilute wine and they use a dilution of wine and I think lemon juice to counter any effect that they could have from like mold forming. But then everybody's like, I know you saw this here, but don't show anybody. I'm like, yeah, everybody does that. And it might not be wine, but it's some iteration of the same concept. Right. Because you can't use chemicals because the cigars will absorb them. Ah. But then that's something interesting because then you find certain factories where all the blends are reminiscent of each other. Right. Why? It's right. not the tobacco. The tobaccos are different. Mm -hmm. But then it's the aging process. They're absorbing a little something from that aging room. So on that same vein, there are certain companies who clearly admit that they spray the tobacco when it's being fermented with a somewhat sugary solution mm -hmm. that amplifies the flavor. And they call it topping, right? Top the tobacco. Yeah. Is that common? I think it's relatively common. I think there's probably a lot of stuff that happens in various stages. Have you seen tobacco being topped? No. Really? But I've seen like heat treatments. I've seen tobacco being boiled, steamed. Boiled? That's very common. Boiling yeah. tobacco in water. Yeah. Why? What does that do? Makes it the wrapper color more uniform and darker. So like you have a, a tobacco that color and you want to get it real dark, boil it. Or steam it. But a lot of guys boil, a lot of guys steam. Does that, is that good or bad? <sighs> to me, if you're heating up the aging process and quickening... If you're it, a purist, it's probably bad. But in reality, I don't think it has... A huge effect. The other thing, too, is sometimes they'll make cigars and then they need to age, but then they don't have time for them to age, so then they bake them. In what? Like heat, dry Hot heat. Hotbox? Or like, a, like create heat in yeah, a chamber? Yeah, create dry heat in a chamber. And that helps age them? It accelerates the loss of the ammonia flavor you get off more fresh cigars. Yes. Yeah, so once you roll a cigar, I was kind of like the rule of thumb is after day seven it starts to go acrid yeah. and like really bitter until about day 30 yeah and then after that it's kind of like 
okay, now the tobacco has kind of blended together. The ammonia has gotten released. The oils and sugars are kind of figuring out what they're doing and they've calmed down. Yeah. So you're saying like, if we apply some heat, that'll quicken that? Yeah, but you can identify that. Like sometimes you look at a cigar and you're like, oh, look, it's so dark. Like cigars don't get that dark. Right. There's, I mean, you get like the super black tobacco. They, nothing's that color. Nothing, nothing's that color. Like Mexican San Andreas is not super dark. It's super dark. It's dark. But then you have some that's like real dark or some of the Brazilian rappers that are coming real dark. It's like this shit's not possible. Like on its own, it doesn't do that. So then something's happened. And it's not necessarily that it's affecting the flavor, which I think it can, but doesn't mean necessarily it does. But I mean, right? it just doesn't get that dark. What's the worst thing about the cigar industry? I think the lack of education that's given to consumers and retailers. If you look at something like the wine industry in the United States, like they went out and they fucking educated everybody. And we've done a poor job of doing that, not because we don't want to, but because it's very expensive to do so. Like it's so small of an industry that you can't. So I think that's the worst thing of the industry is that it's just so small that it's almost indefensible because we can't go out and educate consumers largely, but like, hey, this is what cigar smoking is all about. Here's the process. Here's how it's made. I, I mean, I don't know what percentage of cigar smokers actually know, like the process of seed to finish product. And a lot of guys you meet in a cigar shop that are regulars that are around, okay, they know. But, but that's not that's not the majority of smokers. Majority, how is that different than the wine, though? I don't necessarily know how they ferment it all, but I know they ferment it, they bottle it, and they ship it. Most people don't know cigar tobacco is fermented. Really? Yeah. So you ferment it, you roll it, you age it, you ship it. Yeah. It's not that hard. Or ferment it, age it, roll it, age it, ship it. What is the best thing about this industry? What is the best thing about cigars? I think the camaraderie, you know, like getting together, smoking, talking to people. I think that's cool as shit. It's very unique. Do you, I mean, it's always said it's a level playing field. Yeah. Like it, you and I can sit down and have a conversation over a cigar and there's no, there's no prejudgment of socioeconomic status. There's no prejudgment of uh, maybe political beliefs, there's no prejudgment on sex, religion, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And you can wipe all that clean and still have a great conversation with somebody. Or you can have a really bad one and you just walk away. No. <laughs> kind of like what you're going to do in this interview. <laughs> We're done. I'm walking away. <laughs> but yeah, for me, 100%, that's it. I mean, it's just, it's nice. Like, it's I would never people. walk in a bar and talk to somebody, but you walk in a cigar shop, someone talks to you. Yeah, that's actually really true because you sit at a bar and most people are just there yeah. watching a TV, doing this, doing that, drinking, getting their fill. Yeah. You, it's social. It's so social. Like we're going to go to a lounge on Friday and I cannot wait. That's my favorite thing to do is go to a lounge on a Friday because that's like the, the beehive is active. Everyone's yeah. coming in and talking and how was your week? How's, what are you doing this weekend? Yeah, that's fun. It's the people for me. It's the actual process of connecting with people over. It's very much a social thing for me, which I know other people, they smoke a cigar in solitude. And that's their thing that they like about cigars. That's great. That's not me. I'm an extrovert. I get energy off of uh, conversing with mm -hmm. people. Are you an introvert or extrovert? Introvert. Is I it because you get energy being in alone and you no. need that time? Or do you get energy from other people 
but you just want to make sure that that person gets I want to surgically energy. select the people I talk to. All right. So if you put me in a social setting, in business it's different because like I fucking have to talk to everybody, which is completely out of my element. But then in my personal life, I'm like, I don't want to meet anybody new. I do have friends. One's in Jacksonville, Florida. One's in Bogota, Colombia. One of them's in Switzerland. But I have very few friends. Got it. But by design. So you're not calling up your friends on the weekend no. to get together? What are you doing on the weekend? Oh, uh, depends the weekend. I mean, like an enjoyable weekend? Yeah. Go to the beach, hang out at the pool. With your wife? Yeah, sometimes. Or on your own? Either way. She works on Saturday, so oh. sometimes I leave her and I go do shit. Just all on your own? Yeah. What type of pool? Community pool or private? Oh, a fucking pool right there. This pool? Yeah. Over my shoulder? Yeah. Why would you go anywhere when you can just well, sit there? Well, I didn't know you said a pool. And I no, I'm I go to from that Minnesota, pool. so not a lot of people have that in yeah, the backyard. Yeah, it's real common here. So yeah, pool, a lot of people have pools. In the I don't know. Go to the beach. I like to do nature shit. I like to go outside. What can you bike. do nature-esque-wise in Florida? Ride. You said ride your bike. In Florida, there's a lot. In Miami, there is as well. Really? Yeah, but you got to look for it. You have to ah. kind of know where stuff is. Which I don't. And then uh, I ride my bike. Yeah. I go walking. Beach, boat. Boat. You have a boat? No, I wish. But you get on a boat? Sometimes. Whose boat? Various people. Like, that's an invitation you don't turn down. You want to go on the boat? Yep. Robert, I want to thank you for the time, hospitality, the whole nine. I appreciate this. My pleasure. I hope it was enjoyable for you. Absolutely. I hope they get to learn a little bit about Robert in a different way. What he likes to do, travel, fun, going out, what he's doing in with his cigar business. I mean, all of it matters, but ultimately, I appreciate it. My pleasure, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. That's another episode of Box Press. We wrapped it up in Robert Caldwell's backyard. As always, make sure you keep those cigars fresh. If you need anything, head over to bovinink.com or visit your local retailer. Have a blessed weekend and take care.